we have like you know the a little script that we're gonna be reading through and then obviously like sachi like just be you just be yourself okay i'll try just, just show them your vulnerability don't wear a bottom lash <laughs> i'm indian i don't need lashes at all that's the whole point My name is Portia Control, and as your drag queen chief human resources officer, I'd like to see you in my office immediately. And is your home address in our HR system up to date? Quote unquote, reporting to you, I'm America's approachable investigative drag reporter slash part-time woman Syzygy, and welcome to Drag Nabbit, a new podcast about all things drag, whether it's Drag Race, Dragula, Drag Queens, or life just being a drag. We're here to kiki, serve tea, learn the children, and give hot takes on drag artistry and drag history. And on today's episode, we're going to continue on with Canada's Drag Race and recap episode five. This week, the girls were put through their paces with two of the series' most important challenges, the reading mini challenge and the snatch game. We'll talk about who we think should have their library card revoked forever and who made us laugh so hard that we popped our tucks. But wait, there's more. Because today we are thrilled to have our very first extra special guest on the podcast. She is the author of the critically acclaimed book, One Day We'll All Be Dead and None of This Will Matter, whose new podcast, Not Great, hits airwaves August 4th. But most importantly, is a real, live, actual Canadian. Everyone, please help me welcome to the stage noted optimist, Sachi Cole. Oh, ladies, thank you for having me. <laughs> Noted optimist was said with like a real like it felt like an insult. <laughs> I mean, I put air quotes on it. <laughs> oh, well, right. I can't see you, but I felt it. It was a soft, <laughs> a soft optimist. Um, yeah. But, you know, just like any other shade in reading, we need to brace ourselves in kids because we are ready to go in. I'm Portia Control. I'm Syzygy. And this is Drag Nabbit. Already, Sachi, let's get right into it. Okay. Last week, noted cyberbully and Dragnabbit co-host Portia Control called Brooklyn Heights, and I quote, a charisma vacuum and, quote, the Diet Dr. Pepper of drag. What do you think of the season so far? That's actually an unfair assessment of Diet Dr. Pepper, which is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no there's no reason that she would be hosting the show except for the fact that her passport has our flag on it. Like, that's the only reason. And I think we just need to acknowledge that. Like, when she came in second on her season, that was a crime. But I don't believe in a police state, so I don't really know what to do with that. But, like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, she I don't get it. And also, especially to have her on next to Stacy, who is an actual drag queen and has been <laughs> for years. And I mean mm-hmm. that in the in the best way possible. I'm obsessed with her. She's been on like a million different Canadian reality shows. Like mm-hmm. they had her on Canada's Next Top Model, which was mm-hmm. real bad. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like Brooklyn's fine. I guess it doesn't matter. And and also, I think like uh, like Rue's footprint on the Canadian version is so strong, which I think was a good idea because yeah. I think it would be foolish to try to pretend like you're going to reboot the series and not have RuPaul have some bearing on it. 
um, mm-hmm. which I think is good and that they've sort of kept her energy in the room because I don't think you can divorce her from the, the product, no right. matter the country. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like Diet Dr. Pepper. I don't, what's your fucking problem? <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, wait a minute. So to be fair, I was misquoted here. I, I said Uh-oh. that Brooklyn was a charisma vacuum. And I said that the show was the Diet Dr. Pepper of Drag Race. So oh. it is very similar to the Drag Race original. However, it's just slightly, there's a little something that you're yeah. like, mm. Well, I mean, I, Canadians you know, have fluoride in the water. So maybe that's what it is. I'm not sure. You know, and and kind of following in on that a little bit, like because it is Canada and because it's still English, English language, like we understand mostly English language, we understand most of what everyone is saying as American viewers of the show. However, there are some references that do go kind of right over our heads. Um, But for you, someone, Sachi, you are Canadian yourself. So how do you feel watching this show and seeing those distinctly Canadian moments like the Heritage Minute or Muskoka like referenced on the show? I I loved the Heritage Minutes episode. I thought that was really (laughs) clever. And because so often like when... When any Canadian iteration of an American reality show launches, they really try to, like, just ham-fist it in, like, some Canadian mm-hmm. reference. And it's so awkward. It's so it embarrassed. In. Oh, God, mm-hmm. that I hate. I got to say, that makes yeah. me crazy. I don't know what the fuck that means. But, like, they just try to <laughs> shove that in. And it's so uncomfortable. And it doesn't fit. And it's cloying. And they think that they're pandering to the audience. But I don't know any Canadian who's, like, desperate to see, like... Flynn Flon get representation on like the reality show that's been bastardized from an American version. Mm. But I do think that Drag Race has done like a pretty good job at figuring out how to do it in a really fun way. The Heritage Minutes was such a fun, funny episode because yeah. those things are like burned in the memories of a, of a couple generations of Canadian kids. Like I remember them so distinctly. And also I was kind of hoping they would do something about those like, oh, this is going to go over your head too. But there used to be these ads on Canadian TV mm-hmm. that was targeted to children. And it was basically to to remind them to be like conscious consumers of media and, mm-hmm. and to explain <laughs> to them, like sometimes people lie on TV. So keep oh that goodness. in mind. And so one of the ads was like they... <laughs> They they made a fake ad about the house hippo, and it's a little hippo that's, like, the size of a dime, and it eats, like, potato chip crumbs and, like, peanut butter, like, daubs on the, on that you leave on the spoon, okay. and, like, and so the point of it was, like, and then at the end of the ad, they'd be, like, looks pretty real, huh? And, like, that ad. Oh, wow. I think about all the time. Because they it was, were like, teaching Canadians like, about what fake am news. I supposed to, what am I supposed to take away from this that I can't have a tiny beautiful cute baby hippo in my house i don't understand like and i was Mm. sort of hoping there'd be something about the house hippo because it was such a stupid but constant advertisement on canadian tv but i think they've done a pretty good job i mean i you know it's Mm. funny and i mean i I guess i could do without like the constant jokes about how we're polite because that's a lie but Mm. um i guess you know i yeah it's good i'm into it Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's difficult to sort of find that right balance of either hammering it in or completely like erasing the cultural significance of the 
constant mentioning of a moose knuckle. I think yeah. when when we were looking at show idea names originally we were thinking like oh maybe maybe drag nabbit is actually focused entirely on canada's drag race and it's just like a a, a brief little mini series but um i proposed the two podcast names i proposed bunny hug which is a my favorite canadian phrase it's slang for a hoodie because it's like getting hugged by a bunny i've and never it's heard that like, i've never heard that word in my life yeah it's a saskatchewan thing yeah <laughs> Yeah, I've never uh, heard of that. And the other one was the drag queens of Degrassi Street. <laughs> that I hate was that. super I hate that so specific. So so aren't, you glad, aren't you glad that I pulled through with a much better yeah, name? Yeah, Christ, that's garbage. Especially because I used to live near Degrassi Street. So, like, fuck clean off. Like, that's uh, trash. What does that even mean? I was in high school. Well, oh, because, you know, like, they're the dolls of Degrassi Street. <laughs> Oh my god. No. Also, also when I was in high school everyone said that I looked like Rick. He was the one that tried to kill Drake. Anyway, oh, uh, <laughs> so back to Canada's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. So as we all know, this episode has two of the most important challenges in Drag Race. It's fans look forward to these two all year long and I kind of want to dive right into the mini challenge. So I'm curious to hear from y'all like who were the standouts in the reading challenge? I mean, I think for me, in terms of a reading challenge, I have to say, unfortunately, it didn't really give me the full ooh-ah-ah ah sensation. Um, I, I think Jimbo, out of all of them, for me, felt far and away the best. Rita as like a close second. However, I think about the oeuvre of all of the past reading challenges, I don't think they would have stood a chance in any of the other seasons. Do Americans pronounce the word over as ouvre? Wait, what's it called? I thought it was ouvre. <laughs> That's how I pronounce it. And maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. That's okay. Oh, that's my favorite thing in the world. Um, and I'm having trouble differentiating some of the queens, but the like the best read was when um, I can't remember who said it, but someone called <laughs> said that lemon was a coaster. I that one I had to lie down. Bowen yeah, said that, that one yeah. Hurt. It was so good. I loved it. You know, going from the reading challenge, which, you know, was the functionally illiterate challenge, I suppose, for this series. uh, And then moving on to Snatch Game, um, which, you know, again, I think it's one of those where I think it was generally not unfunny. Uh, There were a few standout performances to me, but I'm curious, um, Sachi and Syzygy, like, who stood out to you either in a good way or in a bad way when it came to the Snatch Game? Sachi, you're a beacon of positivity. Do you want oh, to go yeah, first? Oh, yeah, I'm really bringing the heat today. Um, I, I, ugh, like, no, it wasn't good. And, like, I was so, I was so disappointed in Priyanka. I oh, was same. so yeah. disappointed in she her. She had such I, a good concept. And, and she, I like, I think she's really funny. Like, her confessionals are so good. I think she's really mm-hmm. charming. I obviously have a really soft, like, such a soft spot for an Indian drag queen. Like, you, like, right. I, of course I love her. What was that? And also, I'm not sure how I feel about, like, about her doing this weird Jamaican accent, <laughs> this bizarre, like, patois kind of routine. I'm, I, I, it's like, 
I don't I don't know about that, man. Like it's 2020. Are yeah, we really it, doing this? It could it could have leaned very problematic. I think really any queen who does, you know, a black individual like yeah. it can get problematic super quick. And it's unclear to me like is she like is is um Priyanka West Indian like that's not clear to me if that is the case it changes things a little bit but mm-hmm. but also to do it and then to do it poorly is such a disappointment and like thank god her runway was amazing cuz yeah, that was well, such a disappointment I guess apparently through my research and like none of this is like super solid but uh when I was looking it up apparently she is Guyanese Okay, yeah, then that makes a lot more sense. But I think, like, then it doesn't make sense why the accent was so bad. (laughs) Well, to be fair, Miss Cleo, I do not believe, was actually Jamaican. I believe she was was just an American black woman. But she was just good at doing it. Like, that's not the point. The point is that, like, you have to do it effectively, and I just don't think... And it also wasn't funny. Like, the crimes... The list of crimes, the first one, to me, always is, like, if it's not funny, then, like, what are we doing? Yeah, there's no point. Mm-hmm. Well, I think with so with with Miss Cleo, I feel like it had a lot of potential. Like mm-hmm. psychics have been done on the show before. Like Jaden yes. did Raven Simone and Fifi did Tracy Caputo. Uh, that's her name, right? Tracy Caputo. Long Teresa Island Caputo. Oh, the Long Teresa. Island. The Long, Long Island. Medium. I don't know. Uh, psychic white woman. So obviously a, a logical fallacy. So you know, <laughs> both of them, I feel like they had hilarious ammunition. And they right. were kind of funny. It got a little redundant. But then with Priyanka's, it just it was a failure to launch. She just yeah. like clammed yeah. up. And it's regrettable because Priyanka has this experience of, you know, essentially Snatch Game dealing with children as the host of a kids TV show. She's so, also really funny. Like I like she, yeah. I just generally find her really funny and really like enjoyable. Like I want to spend time with her. Yeah. Um, oh, I Were there agree. any other girls that like stood out for y'all? <sighs> I mean, I think I think Jimbo did a good enough job <laughs> like, as Joan Rivers. Again, I think it was a smart character choice in terms yeah. of picking someone who is already funny so that you can kind yeah. of go in on that. There was yeah. a little, I think for me, and I mean, I'm not too precious with people or precious about death, but I feel like there was just a lot of reliance on going into the, like, I'm dead, I want to die, I want to die again because this is so terrible um, kind of humor and punchlines that was going on with that. I will also say that maybe related to that whole death thing, like, I noticed, and it was very unsettling to me, that Jimbo's makeup was super, super white. Like, it was it was too white for Jimbo's natural complexion. Yeah. And I thought maybe that was just a thing that Jimbo does. But then when we go later to the runway, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, it seemed to be more of an actual color that matched Jimbo's skin tone. So I'm a little confused. Uh, but I did think that Jimbo did a really good job of, I, I would say, doing a good performance, not an amazing standout performance, but a good performance as Joan Rivers. But I almost think it's better if it's like a failure than if it's merely serviceable with these sorts of things. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it, it, like, I feel like it's almost better if it's like just cataclysmically bad. Because yeah. do you know what I do remember is like Trinity trying to do Nicki Minaj and like those wig changes. Oh. Like I remember that. <laughs> or, or like when Lil Kenya Michaels tried to do a, a drunk uh, on sort of drugs Beyonce that didn't yeah. make any sense. Right. Like that was so bizarre. And like, I don't know, I found it so like it if it's if or even like 
when it's funny but not on purpose, I'll take it. <laughs> like that's yeah. like Alyssa Edwards' whole thing is that she'd be funny oh and she gosh. didn't know it. But, exactly. And then also, like, are we gonna talk about the choice to do Gypsy Rose Blanchard? Who's I like have no a idea who that who, person like, was. Killed her abusive mother and is currently in jail. Like, what? <laughs> Why? No, yeah. let me let me be the first to say I am a huge Boa fan. And when I saw that she picked Gypsy Rose Blanchard, I thought, oh, she's gonna kill it. But well, here we are. Uh, <laughs> and I like her too. I th- I like her too. I like her look. I think she's really funny. Like. That's all fine and well, but like that is a very tough person to pick because if you don't punch up, it doesn't work. And like, who are you going to make fun of in that position? Like, if the joke is about how like, oh, I killed my mom. It's like, oh, well, your mom (laughs) pumped arsenic into your veins for a couple of years and shaved your head and made you get surgeries. Like, I don't know who I'm laughing at. This feels off like it it just didn't it didn't have a clear target but at least if you do like you know if you do joan rivers you know exactly what you're doing or even like you know i don't like that my favorite snatch game still is when sharon needles did um michelle Oh, and this, that was like, so good. That was a good right, one. Like this husky voice, this terrible makeup, and the, the part where she talks about earning a buffalo nickel. Like it's <laughs> just a buffalo nickel. A yeah. buffalo nickel. Like it's just so ridiculous. Like, okay, then go for you know, go for it. But all of them felt like they weren't really going in on anything yeah. or anyone, or like they just didn't go all the way. Yeah. Speaking mm. of bizarre performances, I mean Rita Baga chose to do a very odd version of like dying on the vine a deep pee off what did we think of her performance i felt like that was even more offensive than like really than the Katy perry Alyssa edwards portrayal (laughs) like i i get it that like the joke is oh edith piaf you know struggled with drugs later in her life Mm -hmm. but like there's so much more material. Like, did we not see the Edith Piaf movie? Like, she's famous for being more than someone who struggled with drugs. Right. It made but me I think a little also, bit I'm, of... I'm kind of surprised, like, for a Canadian show that nobody really thought to pick any, like, Canadian campy icons. Where was Alanis? <laughs> yeah, or, or I don't know. Like, I know that there was a Celine runway, but, like... I don't know. I just, I, I, it just seemed like for a show that's so built around that identity that the people they're picking are like dead Americans. <laughs> like, yeah. And the French are, woman. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just seems so odd. Mm, well, what about, okay. I really liked Lemon as Jojo Siwa. Yeah. Was um, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't think it was going to be that funny, but I think she did really good. And, For someone who I thought should have gone home episode one, I think that Lemon is coming across as really, like, really nice, and she's trying really hard. There's a lot of things that she can improve on, and we'll we'll talk about the runway later, but (laughs) I don't know. I really enjoyed, like, enjoyed what she was doing, and I felt it was a good pick because she 
picking a younger character, all of the older characters or the older portrayals around her kept on trying to respond to her with like ageist, like, oh, she's so stupid. What what is she doing here? She's so dumb. And it gave Lemon the ability as Jojo to take control of the narrative and be the one driving the jokes. And she yeah. did not acknowledge any of them around her. That was so smart. Yeah. And also Jojo C was like, like like has frenetic energy and that Mm -hmm. is useful if you're going to be doing a drag competition like you need somebody who is either really funny or really high energy or really weird or visually interesting or something you know like or there has to be something you can hang your hat on and she is exhausting so like great it works (laughs) yeah i mean that as a compliment i am also exhausting you think i don't know who i am Fair point, actually. Self-awareness, girl. We we love a self-aware 2020 queen. It's very important. Um, the other, the other. I mean, we're kind of going down the list. The other thing, but I think the the bigger the bigger point that I have for this is so much of this. I think lives and dies quite a bit with character selection, and one of the people who I think just died right off the bat by picking a really poor character was Kiara because she picked oh. uh, she picked Mariah Carey and the only thing that she knew about Mariah Carey or like talked about that had anything to do with Mariah Carey was Christmas. And again, <laughs> it's it's one of those it is one of those things where it's like could we make Mariah Carey funny? Mariah Carey is over the top. She's known for being a diva. She's known for being ridiculous. There's probably some stuff you can work in there. The I don't know her kind she of joke. Didn't the know I don't know her. That yeah. Mariah Carey has twins. Twins, exactly. She didn't like, know. But I also think it's one of those things where it's like she probably idolizes Mariah Carey and puts her up on a pedestal. And it's like it's these girls who pick Beyonce and whatever, like people that they really admire, and they are afraid to kind of go in and do that that takedown that snatch game requires in order for you to be successful. And so I I just, I think so much of it, it's not always, but I think so much of this game really comes down to your ability to pick a good character that you can do stuff with. Cause you've got to be an impressionist. You've got to be a comedian. Mm -hmm. You've got to be improv. You've got to work in the moment and you've got to make Rue or in this case, Brooklyn laugh. I just wanted to say it to hear you just completely recoil, Sachi. Just Thank don't you. get it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we are women here. How dare you? Right. I guess I just wonder, like, there's so I like, why didn't anybody do like a conspiracy theory version of Avril Lavigne, like how everybody thinks she secretly <laughs> died and was replaced? Like, someone should have done that, or someone should have done like Pamela Anderson as she keeps like mm. defending her lunatic boyfriend from the UN or whatever like there just are so many people you could pick and I don't know why they didn't pick any of them well I if okay if I was on Canada's Drag Race I would obviously pick Kim Campbell the first female prime minister so are you fucking kidding me (laughs) I mean I'd be in and out one year she wasn't even elected (laughs) I know oh my god she doesn't even go here That's like this oh, weird like, footnote in history that nobody talks about in Canada. The Kim like, Campbell situation. We, yeah, like if we if we ever actually do get some like a woman elected to be prime minister, you know for sure people are going to be like, "Look, it's our first one," and then Kim will be like, "What about me?" And it's like, "Yeah, yeah, back in the closet." Like we're not doing. Yeah, this shut up, you. Meg. Like, yeah, <laughs> get 
in there. What about me? <laughs> what about Juju me? <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break and listen to a sneak peek of Not Great with Sachi Cole. My name is Sachi Cole. I'm a culture writer for BuzzFeed News, and I don't like any of this. I don't really like most things, including but not limited to women named Kirsten, but pronounce it Kirsten and somehow can't say my name correctly after six or seven in-person interactions. Anyone who thinks smoking on Instagram is a personality. People who don't believe in astrology, but think colloidal silver can cure AIDS. The sound that twigs make when you step on them. Disgusting. Sounds like bones. Men who think that being tall immediately translates into attractiveness. Anyone who uses the word snowflake unironically. Being inside. Being outside. People who wear Patagonia vests. Mid-rise pants. Dogs and galoshes. Avocados. Devil's advocates, high, hot or cold, I hate them all. Space. If I'm being honest, which our lawyers have generally advised me not to do, we came up with the concept for this podcast months ago. Back then, we were so naive. We could go to bars and lick the underside of a gum-encrusted table and worry about nothing because we had our tetanus shots and we were invincible. Right before the pandemic hit, I put my hand into a stranger's mouth to help him pry a popcorn kernel off his back molar. Things were bad, sure, but were they nightly race war bad? Were they international pandemic killing hundreds of thousands bad? Were they fireworks or actually police conspiracy bad? (sighs) Yes, they were. It's easy to lose track of all the ways things are crumbling around us. And it's even easier to feel like you'll be trapped in how awful things feel like forever. But just because a lot of us are still working from home, a bit isolated, and still trying to find ways to create meaningful change doesn't mean we should suffer alone. Plus, maybe in the wreckage, we'll find some few remaining bright spots to relish in before the world ends. Each week, along with special guests, we'll break the news down, have some hearty debates, and dig through the trash together. It's not great, but we don't have to do it alone. Yes, thank you for that amazing clip, Sachi. So, Sachi, as a woman of podcasts... Speaking Mm -hmm. to another woman of the podcast, what has been your creative process for Not Great? Oh, um, well, I ruminate on what has been Not Great that week, and then I write it, and then I feel bad. (laughs) So it's been really good for my mental health, for sure. I definitely don't feel terrible all the time. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't I think that's basically it. I wish there was like a. I wish I had a beautiful answer for those sorts of questions when someone asks me, like, what's your process? And I'm like, oh, I just feel Mm. terrible. And I write about it. (laughs) Do you find it it to be (laughs) cathartic or do you find it to to sort of seep into you? I guess that's my question for you. Yeah, I think it's cathartic. I think I'm a real proponent of people should verbalize how they feel more. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have that problem, but I know some people do. I don't know who. Um, but yeah, I do think it's cathartic. And I and I also think it's good to talk about the things that aren't working, because how is it going to get better? And maybe this is like a, a this is my my Canadian perspective coming out, which is like ca- Canadians generally like to pretend everything is fine. Mm-hmm. And that is how we get in trouble in the first place. So I'm not built like that. And, and so we we created a show that would be about the bad thing that happened that week and uh, we'll have some interviews and sometimes we'll go in, in the field if we can, obviously right now, no one's leaving their house. Um, mm-hmm, right. And uh, you know, at the beginning we'll just be like a little monologue where we talk about what, what just fucking sucks. 
Well, I mean, in in terms of like things that really sucks, like we we did just talk about snatch games, so I think that you've got a lot of material lot for of a future. Material. Episode. I will say that we've we've been we've actually been having an issue of editing down <laughs> because we're like, oh, there's a lot in this economy. <laughs> Well, okay. So we're talking a lot about things that are not great, but I want to talk about something that is really great. Um, So this morning I decided I'm going to start a change.org petition to rename the show to Mary Walsh's Drag Race. Oh my God. Okay. For those unaware, tell me about this woman. Mary Walsh is the best thing this stupid country has ever produced. Like, the, she is, she is the, she's so good. She's so funny. She used to do this segment on TV where she would dress up as like a gladiator. I don't even know what it was. Like, the, she'd have this huge breastplate on and like a metal skirt and a sword, and she would go to parliament and like attack these politicians it was so funny she's so 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 good and again this is what happens when you like put brooklyn heights next to someone who is again like we've talked about not a charisma vacuum like the disparity is stark you guys Mm. so funny and has been like a funny lady in canada for a million years and is like she's incredible and so far as I know, relatively unproblematic, which is always a nice bonus. I can't wait That's for someone helpful. to email me and be like, guess what? Like, please don't. Let me have one thing. Mary Walsh exposed. Yeah, I don't need this. Right. I'm very tired. Right. I'm very tired and very old. My favorite moment of Mary Walsh was she was delivering it to she was delivering to the judges table and then she turns and says, gentlemen, start. And I was like, oh, my. She found that fucking camera and it was incredible. That is my favorite moment of the season. Yeah. (laughs) That little guitar riff. They they gotta bring her back. Like, if she was on every episode, Mm -hmm. I would die. Back to things that weren't so great for me personally. I want to talk about this week's runway. Garbage. Night of a thousand Selens. So, okay, I'm gonna start with Portia. For better or for worse, who stood out for you? Oof. Um, I think the, the runway in general, again, was not very good. Um... (sighs) There were a lot of choices. I mean, Lemon, for example, came out in a look that I did not get at all. It was not actually like a legit, legit Celine look, except it was like a Titanic tribute. And she had the heart of the ocean. And I don't know what was going up with Oh Girl's wig, but it was that wig line, honey, was looking suspicious. So I was not a fan. I think overall, I mean... The only ones that I thought were decent, um, I thought Priyanka's was a bit of a gag. I liked the the wedding gown into the other sort of award show gown reveal. Probably one of the more successful ones. I love Jimbo down. Remember, this is a Jimbo appreciation podcast, but I was not super wowed by that look. I thought it was just okay. Mm. That's just okay. me. And then there was another reveal, Rita Baga, that she had the Eurovision reveal into some other reveal. And I was like, girl, if you're going to reveal, you need to reveal into something sickening. And look one, not cute. Look two, also not cute. What say you, panel judges? 
Fair. Sachi, what about you? Who, for better or for worse, who was standing out? I really liked Priyanka's. I mean, I, I, I am a walking Priyanka stan Instagram at this point, despite her lackluster performance early in the episode. But I thought it was really good because that wedding gown is ridiculous. Like when Celine showed up in that, we had a good laugh as a country. Like it's, it's, a, it's a strange <laughs> choice, but I really liked it. And then to have like another gown underneath is like, and they, I think the judges said that like any of those would have been good. Especially considering that, like, the rest of them aren't that exceptional. I mean, Jimbo's obviously is really fun. I think it's disappointing because Celine wears weird shit. Like, she, yeah, she really does. Loves, yeah, like, she loves She's weird. She's so fashioning. Um, yeah, and she likes, like, weird, uh, like, shapes in her outfits. Like, things are cut interestingly. And it, it felt like a lot of them picked stuff that was kind of like, it's just a dress. Like, I don't know who that is. Like, especially Lemons, which is. I don't know what's the padding on her was so strange. Like it's really yeah. like she did like way she yeah. shaped her body is so boxy. Yeah. Um, and I know it's tough because Celine's very slender and like mm-hmm. you know she has that kind of live, very thin body. So I imagine it's hard to like shape your body for that. Sure. But like I don't know. I didn't get that way. But is, you could still I'm, wear a corset. Celine is still sure. a woman. Oh, for <laughs> sure. And like, but you're looking at like I'm looking at a photo of it and like that wig is. Why is it so flat it's real on bad. top, right? Yeah, it was it's not good. The goal the goal with that was like uh, if I'm remembering the outfit that Celine wore with that when she did perform um that near far wherever you are song, whatever mm-hmm. it's called. My hair um, will go on. I think yes. th- this was at like the Emmys or the Grammys when she did this, and her hair was in this really cool, like fishtail huge braid behind her. So Lemon was probably only looked at it from the front and was like, mm, it looks flat. I'll just wear the shake and go. Let's go. Right. And I'll wear a shake and go and just do the go part. No shaking. Yeah. Like I like I liked Boa's outfit just because she picked like a really yeah. interesting thing. Like that's yeah. sort of that was my feeling is like I if if you're I want to see like interesting outfits if they're not accurate like with when they do Mm -hmm. like the RuPaul one like the the best ones are often the ones that are really really accurate to what Ru wears but Ru wears like the same kind of design generally speaking or you have to go weird which is what Milk did and Milk came out (laughs) with the bald cap. Which I loved that one, by the way. I don't know what the Genius. consensus is on that. It I was thought it good. Was great. They were highly offended uh, when she yeah, got like, on that I runway. I loved it. Um, so with this, it's like pick something interesting because, like, if if I can't identify it as her, and the only one when I look at this, uh, like who what they wore, the only one I can identify is Priyanka because I know that wedding dress in my oh. mind. But the rest of them, like, they should be interesting. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What a bu- This episode was really disappointing. I'm so sad. As someone who... Look, I'm not that big of a fucking Celine stan, but even I knew, like, that Met Gala look had a thick, heavy fringe. Like, it was not transparent. So I... And then the judges last week were talking about how uh, they were offended that Jimbo only painted her face white rather than her arms. And it's like, well, that's the Rococo look. Like... Yeah. I I like the dolls this year. I do not like the judges. Mm. Well, I think this is sort of the tr- the tricky part about like they picked judges that I think largely prefer a kind of like mainstream look. Do you know what I mean? Like when it comes to their yeah. drag, it's like a particular aesthetic, and More that's like a problem that like female illusiony kind of mm-hmm. yeah yeah. And I think that's a problem the show generally has had, and like you see it in a lot of different ways where like the queens who generally win are thin. 
Um, and most of them have been white and like most of them yeah. have had a certain body type and have a certain aesthetic. And like that's why it was really exciting when like a weirdo wins, like when Sharon won her season, everyone was so excited because it was like, oh, like yeah. a lunatic one. That's so fun. But um, I'm looking at the the Celine Met look. I mean, like, that's well, not so bad. I don't know why we're so yeah, mad about it's, it. It was it was a reasonable facsimile yeah. but yeah I, you know the judges also, and like this and this brings up like the economic issue that always comes up on this show which is like you have to have the money to make yeah. these things right and like and I, I can't remember who it was but they had this conversation with one of the queens on like like maybe it was trinity or somebody like a couple seasons ago where she's like i don't have the money to be buying like all this drag oh, and chi chi yeah. right yeah and to be saying like i just don't have it and then they were like, "You can make it," and it's like, "What? <laughs> like, what do you right. mean? Like, this yeah, is in like twenty four hours time, yeah." It and doesn't so, make like, sense. Yeah, and so like I feel, and I I think like part of the fun of drag is like thinking about how you can make something look for you. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, I liked and, it. Uh, that does bother me a lot too, especially because this is the first season of this. And what I will say, okay, so looking at. Let's like really break down the Celine Met Gala thing. So we look at the length of that crystal beaded fringe that Celine is wearing, and that's a lot of it to cover her body. Then we look at Boa's. Boa didn't do crystal beaded fringe, probably for economic reasons. Right. Okay. Like Celine's fringe is like I would say a meter long per strand. If you try to buy ten inches, so a third of that. If you try to buy ten inch beaded fringe it's $80 yeah. a yard that's an expensive ass look oh goodness wait $80 american or canadian oh american so like $100 canadian so, so like, then double that's it that's so much money like, Bo would have to spend like what $300 a yard to cover her body just because you felt her outfit didn't live up to par like they have to be realistic and that that really did offend me too yeah. Yeah, I think well, I think it's know. fair that like it could have been cut a little bit differently, like obviously sure, like yeah. for space for her legs, but it had fun movement and like I you know it yeah. looks it's yeah. weird ass fun gown. Are we gonna talk about um uh what is it Alona Ilona Alona Alona yeah. Alona? What's going on? Uh. What did she wear again? I don't even remember what she wore. I have to refer to my notes. Flight attendant look. I don't know what the source material is. Hold on, I'm trying to find out where it came from. And she also mentioned Elsa Scaparelli. I was. She also mentioned because I took I took notes on this, and she mentioned during her voiceover when she was on stage, she wanted to show the judges that she can walk in an actual heel. And my reaction to that was, "Excuse me." Like, so now I oh, want to go back to all of her previous runways and be like, were you in heels then? Were you in biscuit baskets? Like, what were you doing, girl? Because what do you mean you can't walk in a heel? You're a drag queen, honey. Like, no. What? Don't talk this about is- kimchi like that. <gasps> wow. <laughs> this kimchi violence. Asian on Asian crime, girl. What are you doing? Look, honey. You know what? I'm rooting for everybody Asian as a half Filipino American. However... I'm just going to, as Sachi said earlier, we need to tell the truth. We need to tell the truth. The truth is Kim, she can't walk. We are truth tellers. (laughs) But you know who who had trouble telling the truth? Was the judges and their questionable Mm. ass critiques. So after their critiques and after they talked through everybody's outfits, with the exception of, I believe, who was safe? Alona and Scarlett? 
um, who were in the back mm-hmm. taking a nap. Uh, we find out that the very first winner of Canada's Snatch Game is none other than Jimbo. Woo! Uh, congratulations. I would say that my thirst was quenched, but it was probably just like somewhat satisfied because, again, I think this episode for me was, you know, not a 10 out of 10. Uh, unfortunately, what this did mean was that Priyanka and Kiara were in the bottom two. Um, so, Sachi, there was a pretty epic lip sync to I Drove All Night which is one of my favorite Celine bops. What a did, fucking banger. Did you mm. did you en- did you banger. enjoy this lip sync, Sachi? Tell me. I did. I did and I really enjoyed the song choice. That is a song yeah. that I feel like gets forgotten in the Celine oeuvre, as you may say. Um, the oeuvre. In the oeuvre of Celine. In the India oeuvre of Celine. Thank you. The bullying. But that song I really like because I, I think that's a song that came out like when I was in like high school or junior high or something. Like it was on the radio a lot. And so I feel like. Mm-hmm. Back in the oh, 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Back in 19, in 1885, frankly. Um, it was the early she, Cretaceous she's period. She's lived forever and will live forever. Um, mm-hmm. it's, I thought it was like such a good, good, fun song choice. I loved it. And like, it was a really good lip sync. I still think, I don't think it, it I, I know there's been some people online saying it should have been a double save. I don't think that yeah. should be the case. Really? Um, Tell me more about yeah. that. I don't think, I, I think, um, five episodes is long enough for people to remember you in full. And if they don't, then maybe. Sure. I, and also, how long are we going to do this, guys? Like, how long are we going to like? You can't. You can't do it forever. If someone's got to win, so let's like let's get to it. I just you know I don't know. Yeah. I think it, I think the writing they, was on the wall. They can't really like pull out all of the stunts the first season. The like, first season. First and season. The, yeah, you and can't the, it, know. within the first yeah. five episodes. You can't do everything. I thought it was really good, but I also think like Kiara's um, runway was fine. Like I don't remember it, unless I yeah. Look her it snatch up. game was and bad. Then, yeah. Runway was yeah. fine. And then like her snatch game was really bad. And Priyanka had and just she's never come, won a challenge, right? And Priyanka had just come from a challenge when she won the last episode. Yeah, and so she think, did a really, and, and she had a great runway. And I, and again, yeah. she's still really charming. And on this show, charm gets yeah. you very far. Like if you have mm-hmm. a bad. Like you do, you you have a bad day or you have a bad week or like your runway's not that hot. Like if you can talk yourself out of it, that works. And I think she's got the gift of gab and that like that that's effective. Yeah, I mean, this is regrettably this just means that Kiki will go bye bye. Um, I want to know like do, does that feel right? Yeah, I think for me it feels good. Um, you know, I was kind of torn. They really, I mean. Both Kiara and Priyanka brought it to the lip sync. And actually, I would say this is the first lip sync I've seen all season that really gave me that energy and drive that I was looking for. I hadn't really been impressed with any of the lip syncs before, and I wasn't sure if maybe it was just one of those things where it's just not what the dolls are doing in Canada. Again, not someone who's seen a lot of Canadian drag, so I can't opine on it. But last night's show really proved to me that like some of these gals are in it to win it and can do it. I loved all of the splits and the drops and all the slide. Like it was just, it was fun. And I think the other thing that was interesting that they don't necessarily do on American drag race is they played so much of the song. And I think it's because they knew they had a really great lip sync. 
Um, yeah. In the U.S., you get 30, 45 seconds of it, maybe. Um, and then it's also interspersed with, like, voiceover. Mm-hmm. I thought we got so much of it here, and I liked it. But I do think if we're looking at it and we're kind of grading it on both performance and everything else that's going on, I do think Priyanka edged out, although Kiara did not go out without a fight. You know why they played that whole song? Because rights are expensive, and they are going to so milk true. it. <laughs> you know how much a Celine Dion song costs in Canadian dollars? It's a lot oh, of I money. I can only imagine. <laughs> Well, okay, so similar to the length of the song, I know we could go on, but this hour has 22 minutes. Let's take a quick break. Oh, that was disgusting. I know, right? Wasn't that terrible? <laughs> that was so disappointing. Exactly. Don't worry. Good. Don't worry, I'm going to read here for you in the show close. I'm also mad because only four people are going to get it. I know! <laughs> well, also, there's only like four people who listen, so... <laughs> Was that a Mary Walsh joke? Yes, and I am a genius for saying it. Great. So uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast and don't know, um, we here at Dragon Abbott are searching for a new co-host. Uh, and corny jokes are not welcome. Please send a resume to Podcast at gmail.com. Great. So um, bullies only apparently need apply. Uh, anyway, Sachi... Thank you so much for joining us today. We had a ball, and um, beyond you insulting me in the break for the incredible Mary Walsh joke, uh, we can't wait to see you again. (laughs) Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Uh, You're both my enemies forever. I can't wait to be uh, chained to each other in hatred. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So be sure to tune in next week when we chat Canada's Drag Race airing on WoW Presents Plus in the U.S. and select territories on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, or if you're in the Great White North, you can get your crave on. And with that, I'm your drag human resources business partner, Ms. Portia Control. I'm Syzygy, and that was noted hair expert, Sachi Cole. And this was Drag Nabbit. Also, your hair looked incredible in your promo shot. Thank you. That's an old photo. I'm not sure if you can see it.